Ephesians 4, verse 20. Now, I, I like Ephesians. Ephesians is a, a book I could spend a lot of time in. It's probably a book I do spend a lot of time in. There's so many good things in there. You know, it has the amazing things at the end of chapter 3. And he says, Him who is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask, think, dream, or imagine. Go back in chapter 2 and he talks about us being seated with him in heavenly places. And that was one of the, the first revelations I really got around that about, along with John 15, how we're in him and he's in us and he's seated us in heavenly places. But first chapter, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 20. It says, but you did not learn about Christ in this manner. And I read that and I went, okay, so what do I do with that? But as I started to meditate on that verse and I read around it a bit and it talks about not walking in the ways that Gentiles walk and when Paul talks about Gentiles here, he's talking about the world system and the way the world does things. And I love how he says in verse 17, the Gentiles walk in the vanity of their minds. In other words, thinking they know they've worked it all out and they know how it happens and they've got it sorted. But then he goes on to say they had their understanding is darkened. And it's very easy in life to walk in the way the world says to walk, to manage your life according to how the world says, this is how it is and that's it. But Paul says, but you didn't learn about Christ in this manner. And the word Christ, if you break it down, it's not Jesus' surname. All right, as some people might think. Christ is, means the anointed one and his anointing. So when it talks about Christ, it's talking about the power of heaven upon Jesus and the outworking of that. It's the setting apart and the placing to do what heaven has called to do. Does that make sense? And so we didn't learn about Christ, about what his plan and purpose, about what he had, says in this manner. You didn't learn, you don't learn about Jesus by walking according to the world system. But we learn, I mean, I learned about Christ. I learned I was saved, I became a Christian. You know, through my parents, through living in a in a way that was contrary to how the world worked. I was actually reflecting on this and it's amazing when you start down this path and you start to think back through things and I can remember being in situations where, you know, going through school and, and so on in life and, and having to make choices as I go through that to either walk in the way of God and his anointing and his purpose or to walk in the way of the world and having to make life choices as I go through there. Of, you know, going into friends' places and there might be some party or birthday on and, and it gets to a point where you go, you know what, now's a good time to leave. Because it's starting to go down a path that, that isn't great and so you leave. 
And you have these choices throughout life. To walk in the path of how we've learned about Christ or to walk in the path that the world walks. And you might say they're going, yeah, well, that's obvious. But is it really obvious? Is it really in our everyday situation? You see, we come to this point, you know, we, we, we don't know Christ, and then your eyes are opened and you discover Jesus. And this revelation starts to unfold. For some people, it's instantly. For other people, it's a journey of piece by piece revelation. And then it's, wow, I need Jesus in my life. Yeah? And the world didn't teach you that. Because the world doesn't teach you that. Right? And I don't want to talk about the world. I'm talking about the world system. I'm not talking about you know, plants and trees and things. Everything in creation points towards Christ. I'm talking about the system that's out there because he talks about how the Gentiles walk, about you know, what we often call the Babylonian system, the system out there that actually is designed to, to push you down, to keep you limited and to, to stop you from moving forward. And as long as you try and walk in the system of the world out there, you're going to be limited. You're going to be held back. You know, we were looking at, at a property yesterday. You know, Isaac loves to go on, finds his properties. And you know, sometimes we go and look at them just because we go and look at them. Then we know they're not somewhere we're going to move. But Isaac likes to go and look at all these houses, so we do. And um, so he pulled one up yesterday, which was, which was a candidate, but not quite there. You know, and um, we're out there walking through there and we're talking to the agent because the place is going up for auction in a couple of weeks and we're talking and I said, what's the interest in the place? And he says, oh, I said, there's a lot of people interested. But he said, the reality is that most people won't be able to purchase the property and it wasn't that expensive. But he said, the problem is that, you know, they need to sell their house to buy and when you go into an auction, obviously you can't have that as the way it works. When you go on an auction, you need to have the money at the auction especially in this one because it's got very clear, you know, you pay X amount on the fall of the hammer and you've got 30 days to settle and it's very set. Um, the people are ready to move out. He says a lot of people are interested but not a lot of people will be able to actually be a part of it. And as we sort of talked, it sort of got the feeling that, you know, they had very few buyers, put it that way, that would be attending this auction. And it got me thinking about the world system that does that, that there's people, and, and this is one of those properties that you walk through, you walk out, and it's just beautiful trees, and it's got a stream running through the middle of the property, and, you know, it's just, it's all fully reticulated and runs off boards and everything else. Everything's very green and very lush, and, and, you know, you can cross little bridges over the stream, and it's all very nice, and the guy who built the house was, you know, worked for a building company, so everything's finished off very well and nice and open. It's a very nice place. A couple of bedrooms short, but, you know, let's not worry about that. So it's a very nice property and the sort of place that if you wanted to get away, you would want to be there. But the world system says that you can't. For a lot of people, they're going, I can't make that leap, I can't make that step <clears throat> because I've got these constraints on my life because that's how the Gentiles walk. That they walk in constraint. The world system says... You have a place, stay in your place. 
and you can't move out of it. And I was actually on a, a project call this week with some guys over east and so on and, and they asked us to put profiles up because for all the people working on this project. And you know, I've done a couple of these projects and you have a standard profile that you sort of flick over and you know, there's a photo and there's a bit of a short write-up. And this, this guy in the middle of the thing goes, because someone says, oh, what do they want in that profile? And this guy says, oh, don't put anything on there, great. Don't put anything, you know, your big achievements. It's just, you know, put something small about yourself and something that you like doing like cats. And I go, what? And his whole thing was, you know, you don't want to be bragging and boasting and saying all the things you've done. You just want to sort of say what you're interested in and, and that you like cats or, you know, whatever it is. I'm just going, no way. This is the system. This is the system. It's out there saying you can't. This is what John Gentiles walk in. No, you can't. The system is designed to go, here's your limits. See it is bigger than you and you never overcome it and you just exist. But that's not how you were taught to walk because you see, when you learnt about Christ, and I think it's Isaiah that tells us that, you know, the yoke is destroyed by what? The anointing. That it's the anointing that comes out of heaven that destroys the yoke. And Jesus is the anointed one and his anointing. So when you have Jesus inside you, it destroys the things that limit you and hold you back and stop you from stepping into what God has for you. So how do we get there? He goes further on and he says in verse 21, and be renewed, verse 23, sorry, and be renewed in the spirit of your what? Your mind. You see, the only thing stopping you is how you think. Nothing in heaven is stopping you from stepping into the desires of your heart that God has placed there. He says, delight in me and I'll grant you the desires of your heart. He actually says to me, ask of me, I'll give you the nations. Everything out there God has made available to us. And according to his word, you can step into it. He actually puts no limits on there. The only limit is that you need to have that revelation within you. And then we get into Mark 11 where he talks about what you can believe in your heart. And there's a whole sermon on belief and doubt that I'm so tempted to go into because I mean going over that but that's like a couple of hours so I'm going to just leave that one and park it and for another time probably but I want to come back to what are you, limits are you setting on yourself that are you walking as the Gentiles walking going this is all I can see is possible so therefore I'm walking with that limit and it's like you're hitting against that wall and you're hitting against that wall and going, I can't break that wall, I can't break that wall. I just keep bouncing off it and I keep bouncing off it. Let me tell you, the limit is not in heaven. God is not up there going, no, I'm just going to hold this back from you. 
Because it says, I'm the anointed one and I'm inside you to break off these barriers. But how are you walking? Are you walking the way the Gentiles walk? In the limits of your flesh? According to your flesh? In the vanity of your mind? It says excluded from the life of God. Are you excluding God from what you're doing? Or are you going back to learn about Christ in this manner? You see, you used to think that this is all life was. And then you met Jesus. And you discovered that there was so much more. You didn't know you could be free from all the things that you've done wrong. You didn't know that you could be free from the guilt and shame. And then you discovered Jesus, right? And the anointing presence of Christ comes on you and breaks off all the things you've ever done and forgives you for all the things you've never done so they're washed out of your life. They're no more. That's salvation, right? I'm preaching better than you guys are getting into this. I really feel like grab this. If it's not hitting, you reach out and grab it. Because you're sitting there and I really sense there's these barriers. And they're how we think. That we're going, this is how it is. And that God's dropped these, these bits of revelation, these bits of insight, and you look at them and you go, no, nah, that can't work. Because it's outside the box. You know what? God's outside the box. He doesn't have a box. He made boxes. So you could destroy them. God doesn't work in boxes because he's outside of it. He's outside of time. Try and get your head around that. And I mean, try and get your head around it because you never will, but it'll expand your thinking. When you start thinking, how does that work? How is God outside of time and and then we're in time and then God's outside there. When you start to think like that, you start to think big. You know, God's given you the ability to go anywhere in the universe. And you go, well, no, how does that work? Because he's God and he's inside you. He says in John 15, if you abide in me and I abide in you, ask whatever you want and it'll be done. And we go, oh, well, but. Get your butt out of it. You want to put a butt in, put God's butt in. Because you know what he says? But God supplies all your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. But he says, but he overcame them by the testimony of the saints and the blood of the Lamb. So you get God's butt in there, not your butt. We're always looking for an excuse not to think bigger. I don't know why. Is it because we walked as the Gentiles walk and we've conditioned our thinking to limits and we try and put everything into limits we can understand? And God's going, there are no limits because he's limitless. There's no limit to his love. There's no limit to his goodness. There's no limit to his favour. There's no limit to his blessing. 
And if he has put a desire in your heart and you keep coming around to that desire and you keep coming around to that desire, that's God saying, go bigger. Change how you think. You didn't think you could be saved and free from all that sin, but you are. So now you're going, I don't think I can be free from this financial pleasure or I can't be free from this sickness or I can't be free from this situation. And God's going, you are. You already are. That's what the cross was about. Here's a revelation. Jesus was actually crucified before the foundation of the world, Revelation says. So you've been free from before you were even born. You just didn't take it. You see, salvation was available from before you were born. Yes, it was. Think about that. That gift of salvation was given the moment that you breathed, you could have taken salvation. It was available as a gift. The breakthrough was already there. You just hadn't received it. Well, it's the same with the breakthrough. You're looking, whatever it is you're looking for, you actually already have it available. It's already there. Because Jesus did that work on the cross. So you don't have to go and find it. You don't have to go, oh, I've got to push through. So I love that song. What's the words that go, you know? Yeah, I thought I had to take up my sword and fight. And then I found that love had already won for me. You already have the victory. You already have the breakthrough. You just need to change how you think. Because God's not up there going, I'll give you this much, I'll give you this much. He's gone, it's already yours. Are you going to take it? Are you going to take it? Yeah, I went and cleaned out the front cupboard up there, things you do, because it was bugging me and I thought, no, I need to do this and I was sort of procrastinating actually from having to write an assignment, but you know, let's not worry about that. And I'd been putting the job off for a while I thought, look, I'm just going to do that. I'm not going to write this, I'm just going to do that. So I just started pulling everything out of the cupboard and Isaac came up and helped me and I said, you grab all the games and pull them out and I'll get all these shelves and, and there's all the Christmas stuff. And I'm starting pulling all this Christmas stuff, Christmas stuff, and I found three or four small presents. And they were from probably years back where they, you know, we had them for kids who came to kids' church that didn't turn up when we were doing the Christmas thing and, you know, they'd moved away and so, but we'd already wrapped the presents and so they're there. So these presents are there and we've already got them ready to give. They're already done but they're still sitting in the cupboard. Because they weren't received. And that's how it is with God. He's already wrapped the present up. He's already handing it over to you. He's already given it. He's, he's done it. We just don't unwrap it. Because we limited our minds and go, oh, I can't unwrap that. Because that's not how things work. I can't do that because that's not what happens. Because we walk according to the limit of our minds. And let me tell you, the more I study, the more I find that the world out there is limited. The more research I do, the more I look into things, I go, you know what? This is just the same old stuff going over and over and over. 
designed to keep you down and oppress you and you know and then you know I mean the problem is when you start doing study is you start getting all the you know don't tell me that the world out there isn't watching what you do um, you start getting all the marketing stuff starts rolling in you know and my feeds and all my emails and everything else start becoming this amazing world of promoting everything and as I start as you look at each one of them it's the same stuff being rolled over and over and over again it's just digitalized now. There's no new thought out there. And I'm going, how can this be? Because the Gentiles walk in darkness. They can't see the light. But you see, when you're in Christ, you're in the light. You're in revelation. And he has new ways of doing things. He has new ways of breaking through. He has new ways of setting you free. He has new ways of stepping into what he's put in your heart, the desires he's placed there to do these amazing things. And we look at our situation and we go, oh, I can't because of this. Because that's what the world says. <coughs> you know what? You can. God has a way through if you will step into it. You go, well, how do I do that? You renew your mind. The only thing stopping you is your mind. So if you're not happy with where life is at and what's happening in your life, it's actually your problem. Do you know that? It's you. Nothing out there has the power to stop the power of God working through you. You can't tell me that the devil can stop you achieving what God has for you to do. Because Jesus defeated him on the cross. He's already beaten. So you already have the victory. And greater is he that's in you than anything this world can dish up. Yeah? So the devil can't stop you stepping into what God has for you. And the devil can't. That means there's nobody out there that can. Because their battle is not against flesh and blood, but principalities and powers. So if they're not stopping you, and God's not stopping you, because he's already given you everything you need to be all he made you to be. And God doesn't make things bad, right? This is the God who made the universe. He's into big. He's into growth. He's into achieving what he's set to do. He has a desire for the whole world to be saved. For all of creation to be saved and to know him. So he's a God with big plans, right? Right? So therefore, he's got plans for you. So if the devil can't stop you, and God's not stopping you, it's actually for you, that comes down to one person. Terrible when you realise it's you, isn't it? <laughs> but that's the reality. The only thing stopping you from being all God made you to be is you. Now, you've got a choice here. You can either get upset about that and get condemned and upset at yourself and pull yourself further down into a hole. I don't recommend that. It doesn't go anywhere. Or you can change how you think. You can be renewed in your mind. You can change what you do. Here's a tip. If you keep doing the same thing, you end up in the same place. So change what you do. How do you change what you do? You pick up the Word of God and you start reading it and you start meditating on it. You start waiting on God and saying, God, show me from your Word. Show me what you want to say 
and he'll show you something and you get there and you read it and then you write it in a notebook and you keep it there and you keep thinking over it and over it until you've got that and then you get the next thing and he shows you that and you keep meditating on that because he says as you meditate on the word it starts to change how you think and when you start to change how you think it starts to change what you do and when you start changing how you think and you start changing what you do your world around you starts to change and you start to get revelation and insight into doing things better and more efficiently and new doors opening and new opportunities. And I'm not saying it's all a lovely, clear road with it all nice and flat and it's all wonderful. No, it's not. Because the devil's not going to sit there and just watch you do this. He's going to make you think. He's going to try and make you think that you can't do it, that everything is too big and that, oh, he's bigger than anything out there. Because it's a lie. He works on deception. He works on deception. Because he actually has no resources to do anything. He came into this world with nothing. He got kicked out of heaven and lost everything. So he's got nothing except the lies. And it says there's no truth in him. So if the devil's telling you something, you know it's not true. If it's contrary to God's word, it can't be true. Because that's truth. So let me ask you. What's the dream inside your heart that you're too afraid to believe? And what are you going to do about it? Because Satan can't stop you if you keep pushing forward. And all of heaven's behind you if you keep going forward. So what are you going to do? Before you burst off a chair. <laughs> I, just, I had this scripture that I woke up with this morning and Philip and I didn't talk about what he was going to share. But um, Proverbs 4 says, My son, if you'll take the time to stop and listen to me and embrace what I say, you will live a long and happy life full of understanding in every way. I have taken you by the hand in wisdom's way, pointing you to the path of integrity. Your progress will have no limits when you come along with me and you will never stumble as you walk along the way. So receive my correction no matter how hard it is to swallow for wisdom will snap you back into place. Her words will be invigorating life to you. Do not detour into darkness or even set foot on that path. Stay away from it. Don't even go there. For troublemakers are restless if they are not involved with evil. They are not satisfied until they have brought someone harm. But the lovers of God walk on the highway of light and their way shines brighter and brighter until they bring forth the perfect day. Listen carefully, my dear child, to everything I teach you and pay attention to all that I have to say. Fill your thoughts with my words until they penetrate deep into your spirit. Then as you unwrap my words, they will impart true life and radiant health into the very core of your being. So as you unwrap my words, they will impart true life and radiant health into the very core of your being. And that sums it up. It's about the Word of God. Not just reading it, but actually applying it. It's actually going, this is what God says about my situation. And when you start applying it, it's going to look like nothing changes. 
You know, sometimes the things change really quickly. Sometimes they take a few days. Sometimes they take a few weeks. Sometimes they take a couple of months or a couple of years. You know, I can remember when, when God first spoke to me about, you know, our car broke down and he said, you need a new car. And we did need a new car because what we were going to do was start towing a twin axle trailer full of sound equipment. That's a lot of weight. And our car was not going to do that. And he says, what do you want? And that blew me away when God said that. He said, what do you want? And I said, well, what do you think I need? And he said, no, no, what do you want? And it took me a while to digest that God was asking me what I wanted. So I said, oh, I want this. And he said, what colour? What do you want? What features do you want? So I went, okay, this is the car I want. And I went through and listed everything. I had this quite detailed list. I wanted this top-of-the-range car, but I didn't want the leather seats because at that time we, you know, um, it would irritate one of our kids. And they didn't make this top-of-the-range car without the leather seats. And I said, and I want these features and this feature and I want this and I want that. I was very specific. And then I sort of went, and part of his, you know, my mind is going, yeah, right. But you know what? And so we did that. We caught buses for a while. We, we went through months of just, it looks like impossible. There's no way through it. This isn't, how is this going to happen? There is no way. And it was really inconvenient. And it was really depressing sometimes. And it was really a battle of the mind. But we kept holding on to this is what God said. And then somebody walks in with a check. And there's one car, one car in the state that is the right colour, that has every single feature I asked for, that is the model I want, and it doesn't have leather seats. And it was for half the price of the check that we got. See, that's God. That's God. He has a way. But sometimes you've got to keep pushing through because the battlefield is in your mind. Are you going to believe what God says or are you going to walk in the darkness? That's actually your choice. You can have a little bit of salvation or you can have everything God's got for you. It's actually your choice. God holds nothing back. It's what are you willing to receive? And push in and say, I'm sorry, but that's mine. No, don't apologize. Don't say you're sorry. Just say, that's mine. Thank you, Jesus. That is mine. You know, I thank Jesus that he has the perfect place for us to move to. And I feel like he keeps upping the bar. We go and look at some of these houses and I go, gee, I really like that. And you're going, cool, that's what you're looking for now. I wasn't looking for it before. Sometimes you don't know what you're looking for until you find things and you go, oh. Because that's how God works. He will show you bit by bit, piece by piece. You know, I had to research the cars and go through and find out what it, until I came to what I actually wanted. The house, we go through and work out, this is what we want, piece by piece. Wow, I didn't know I could have that. Now I want that. <laughs> Isaac, you know it, you wake up on a Saturday morning and you go, Isaac, you know Isaac's going to come. I can show you the list on my phone. 
because he sits at this computer and he goes through and finds all these properties that have home opens on the day and then he sends through little messages with all the addresses while I'm still in bed. <laughs> That's everything. Make a list. Write it down. It says make, write the vision and make it plain so you can run. So if you find you're not running, you don't know what you're aiming for. You don't know what you're going for. You write the vision. This is what's on my heart. And then you take it to Jesus and say, Jesus, work through this with me. What's, what's of you and what's, what have I got, where am I off the path? And then show me your word. You've got to stand on the word. You don't have a word for what you're believing for, then you're believing fresh air. <laughs> Seriously. If there's no word to build the foundation of what you're believing for, it's over. You need to be standing on the word for what you're believing for. You know, when we believe for our car, he gave me a very specific verse. You know, it's actually a couple of them. And we just sit there and just keep going back over that. And every time you feel like it's not going to happen, I just go back to that, go back to that. And there was a point. I can tell you where I was. I was actually out for a walk and I was just walking along and I was just, again, you know, all these thoughts come and I was just ahead of that word and I was going on that word and I stood on that word. And I can remember actually stepping off the path across the curb onto the road and I just knew that I knew that I knew that I had my car. And I had nothing, no physical evidence whatsoever that said I had that car. I had nothing in my hand. I could show you nothing. But I knew that I knew that I knew that I had that car. And within two weeks, I was driving that car. But that was the point. I just knew because my faith had reached a point where it met what God was doing. I had risen to his level. See, our problem is that we go, oh, I'm here. And we want to be there. And we hope we're there. If you hope you're there, you're not there. Right? When it talks about hope in the Bible, it's not, oh gee, I hope this will happen. The hope is that we know what heaven holds for us. whole different sort of thing. All right? You don't get there by hoping something happens. You get there by faith. And faith is the substance. It's the title deed. It's the ownership of what you hope for. Yeah? It's the substance of what you're seeking. And there comes a point where you're standing on the word of God and you know. But you know what? You have to keep yourself there. I didn't stop speaking the word. I've got that now. I can leave it. No, no, you've got to keep yourself there. You've got to keep pushing your faith on to the next level. And when you get that breakthrough, you go for something else. You know, I know people think I'm annoying because I keep pushing. But I don't see the point in settling. God didn't make us to settle. He said we're overcomers. Well, I'm telling you right now, I don't feel like I can overcome in certain areas, so it's time that we got some victory there. Because I don't want to get beaten up by stuff. I've watched too many people. I've worked in aged care. I've worked in finance. I've worked in disabilities. I have seen too many people settling and speaking absolute rubbish and being robbed of what the glory that God has for them here on the earth. And I don't want to be that person. And I don't want you to be that person either. I want to see, I want to look around this room and go, you know what? We're a bunch of people going from glory to glory and walking from faith to faith. Because that's what the Bible says. That we did not settle, we did not compromise. And when life came and beat us, we just hung, we bound together and encouraged each other and we overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the testimony of the saints. So let's fill the room with the testimony of the saints. 
because we've got the blood of the Lamb. Yeah? Faith to faith, glory to glory. That's our journey. Yeah? Father, we want to bless you. We bless you for your word. Jesus, we thank you that you and your word are one. That you, Holy Spirit, abide in us and we abide in you. And that nothing is impossible because we are in you and you are in us. We want to bless you and honor you in Jesus' name. Father, I just want to agree with every person here, Lord, what they're believing for. Father, we come into agreement right now in Jesus' name. Father, where there's a believing for financial breakthrough, there's believing for homes, for, for cars, for health, for relationships. Lord, whatever is being believed for around this room, Father, we just come into agreement right now in Jesus' name. That you said where two or three agree in your midst, it's done. Where we come together and agree, it's done. So, Lord, we come together now. Lord, we partner in agreement in Jesus' name. We partner in agreement right now in the name of Jesus that they're done. And we hold on to them in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.